It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The Sitka Assembly will meet in the big room tonight at Harrigan Centennial Hall. That's because voters will be casting their ballots in the 2022 general election until 8 p.m. in the usual assembly chambers. During its meeting, the Assembly will take the next step toward building a marine vessel haulout at the Gary Paxton Industrial Park and transfer $8.2 million from the Sitka Permanent Fund to the GPIP Capital Project Fund. The arrangement was approved by the voters in the municipal election last month with over 80 percent in support of a haulout for the park. The Assembly will also revisit a proposal for a new seaplane base on Japonski Island. As recently as 2021, the cost for the project was estimated at around $15 million. Last September, Public Works Director Michael Harmon told the Assembly that the cost to design and construct the project exceeded their original estimates by more than double. Tonight, Harmon is bringing a few design options for the Assembly, including a minimal concept design that would cost less than a fully built-out seaplane base. In a memo to the Assembly, Harmon estimates that the scaled-back concept would cost around $24 million, with 93 percent covered by future federal grant funding and the remaining $1.5 million a match from the city. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight in the main auditorium at Harrigan Centennial Hall, beginning at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly and will join with statewide election coverage around 9 p.m. There were no injuries from a landslide near Petersburg on Halloween night, but it was still a close call for some nearby residents. As KFSK's Rachel Cassandra reports, landslide researchers in southeast Alaska are keeping tabs on this one and others in order to better predict slides in the future. I was standing at my kitchen window and I looked up and I saw a green mass just coming towards us. I didn't quite understand what it was. That's Sylvia Larson. It was pretty surreal and then became very frightening. Larson lives on Mitkoff Highway right next to the slide. She was watching through her window. I finally figured out it was a landslide. I didn't know when it was going to stop and where it was going to go and yelled for my husband and it was like slow motion happening. Larson called 911 because she was worried about her neighbors up the mountainside. They all turned out to be safe. Some of those neighbors are the walkers. The family wasn't home at the time of the slide, but heard about it from others. The slide had stripped a section of their property. It sent whole trees and earth across the highway below. The walkers stayed with family that night. Julie Walker says the next day when she went to the slide, it all seemed like a movie scene. It's super surreal the closer you get to realize that that's your property, your house, kind of just have a a knot in your stomach as you get closer to it. They were able to walk up to the house to get some clothes and supplies. Walker says the exposed part of the road is too unstable to drive on, and they're talking with contractors about fixing it. Yeah, unfortunately, the landslides are not covered by insurance. Um, So we will have some expensive uh, driveway repairs ahead of us. But even with the high costs of repair, Walker feels very lucky. I'm just really thankful. I'm just grateful. I'm just really grateful nobody got hurt. Walker isn't the only one feeling gratitude after the slide. Many Petersburg residents have been thinking of those communities nearby who have been hit more severely. Sitka saw a deadly landslide in 2015. 
and Haynes lost two residents to one in 2020. Thankfully, most landslides in the region are not deadly, but they will keep happening, according to experts. Jackie Foss is the Soil, Ecology, and Botany Program Manager for the Tongass National Forest. She says landslides are part of the ecosystem's natural disturbance and renewal process. Um, Here in Southeast Alaska, we don't have fire, but we have things like wind throw and we have landslides. And so it's kind of how soils refresh themselves. She says typically they're associated with intense and hard rainfall. According to the National Weather Service, Petersburg saw close to seven inches of rain the five days before the slide. It's not all natural, though. Foss says that how we develop and alter the landscape can make landslides more likely. Scientists are trying to understand all of these factors and how they impact the likelihood of a slide. Since the big landslide in Sitka, the Sitka Sound Science Center has been gathering data to develop a landslide warning system. It's a website. Ron Hines is research director at the center. It tells people in the community of Sitka uh, what the risk of a landslide is currently and what the, land, what the risk of a landslide will be in, over the next 72 hours. The online tool was released in August. Hines says it can't tell people where a landslide might occur, just that conditions are ripe. He says that the next step in their research is broadening data collection to other communities in Alaska. They got funding from the National Science Foundation to do just this. And so we're working with these other communities right now. And they include uh, Huna and Kluckwan, Stagway, Yakutat, Kassan, and Craig. Jason Schmidt is also involved with the project. She is the Regional Geoscience Specialist at Central Council of Tlingit and Haida Indian Tribes of Alaska. She says the research will look at a wider array of influences. Landslide is kind of a broad category, and we see lots of different types of landslides happen um, around Southeast, some of which are associated with um, extreme rainfall. Um, Others are triggered by other mechanisms, um, like rockfall is a type of landslide. The Sitka Sound Science Center hopes that studying landslides in a bigger variety of places will give them deeper data that can help the region. And for those communities like Petersburg that won't be in this next stage of research, there are still ways to help. Foss says if people come across a fresh landslide, even a small one, they can send her a photo with the exact location. She includes all of those reports in a regional landslide inventory. It just really helps build the data that informs these early warning products. Landslides may be here to stay, but with more data, scientists can better understand and predict their impact. Reporting in Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra. If you see a fresh landslide, you can send a photo and information about the location to jacqueline.foss at usda.gov. And for more resources like stories, science, and how to prepare, you can check out sitkalandslide.org. The pandemic offered a unique chance for scientists to sample stress levels in humpback whales around Juneau when there was very minimal tourism activity. Now, scientists are looking to compare that with this year, when tourism was almost back to pre-pandemic levels. KTOO's Yvonne Crumry has this story. This summer, researchers collected samples of the stress hormone cortisol from whales in Juneau waters. Susie Tierlink studies whales and monitors whale-watching practices around Juneau through a federal program. She says they take the samples using a dart, which probably feels like a bee sting to the whales. In blubber, 
it takes weeks and months to accumulate. And so we're getting more of a cumulative average of what their, their physiological stress environment has been in the weeks and months prior. Tierlink says that they took those samples from blubber, which stores the hormone longer than blood does. Generally speaking, after we take a biopsy sample, uh, we do monitor whales for some period of time, and uh, by and large, they go back to what they were doing before. Yeah. So uh, we, we think that it's a, a pretty small impact. That also makes sure that the sample doesn't reflect the whale getting temporarily stressed by the dart that takes the sample. A 2019 study used instruments posted on land that observed the whales without influencing their behavior. The instruments record respiratory rates, dive patterns, and speeds of the whales. This tracked the more immediate behavioral differences, minute by minute. And what they found is that, especially as the number of boats increased, they did see faster swimming speeds, faster rates of respiration, longer downtimes, changes in direction. That study was led by Heidi Pearson with the University of Alaska Southeast. Pearson is also the lead investigator for this year's stress study. And so then we realized we had this really golden opportunity to look at humpback whales at a time of reduced vessel traffic. She said they biopsied 24 whales in total and that they're using photographic data to track which whales are coming and going. And so we're also trying to determine if there's a change in residency or how long whales are here each year and also how many whales are here each year because we predict that there might be changes in how many whales are here or how long they stay depending on the vessel traffic. Tierlink, Pearson, and their research group are expecting results from this latest round of data this spring. That will be just some time to help better inform whale watching practices in Juneau for next season. In Juneau, I'm Yvonne Crumry. Taking a look at the community calendar. All girls in kindergarten through 12th grade are invited to experience science, technology, engineering, and math during STEMapalooza all month. Go to girlscoutsalaska.org slash STEMapalooza to find out details about live virtual programs, at-home activities, and more. Sprouts, a free preschool program for children aged 3 to 5 and their parents, is at 10.30 a.m. on Tuesdays at the Sitka Sound Science Center through April. For more information, call 907-747-8878. Sitka Parks and Recreation Committee meets at noon today at Harrigan Centennial Hall. And Outer Coast offers free Schlinget open online courses for all skill levels at noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays, November 8th through December 13th. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. This is more-